Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Thinking Sideways is not brought to you by cats who hunt tofu mice. Instead, it's supported by the generous contributions of people like you, our listeners, on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash thinking sideways to learn more. Thinking Sideways. I don't understand. Stories of things we simply don't know the answer to. Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Thinking Sideways. What you have to understand. No? Are we back to Thinking Sideways? We are back to Thinking Sideways. Okay, Okay, I guess. Uh, I am Steve, as always, joined by... Devin. And Joe. And today we have yet another mystery to talk about. Well, a really groovy mystery. Yeah. Does it involve my favorite thing? Uh, one of them. One of my favorite things. One of them. I do have a lot of favorite things. That's you do. True. Yeah. Uh, today we're going to talk about the Sunset Limited derailment that happened in 1995. Mm-hmm. And for... Not the 1993 one. Correct. The 1995 that, one. That actually was not a derailment in 93. It did go off its rails. Well, yeah, but it didn't... It didn't for like, a different reason. Yeah, some, anyway. Yeah, sorry. anyway. <laughs> you guys done? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Before we get off track again or get in too far into the ah, story... Ah, track. Uh, yeah. I do want to uh, say that this was a listener suggestion. It's from mm-hmm. Katie. So thank you, Katie. Thanks. Really like this. Thank you. Um, so let's go ahead and do this. The In 1995, the Sunset Limited, was, which is an Amtrak passenger train, derailed in the middle of the Arizona desert. 
Which, by the way, I'm kind of working on a travel disaster series, it appears. Mm -hmm. And I'm really just trying to scare the crap out of people so that they have a reason to stay home. What did you do last time? Because traveling is scary. What did you do last time? Oh, the airline crash? The South African Airlines? That's right. Actually, yeah. Yeah. In researching this, I I found a list online of all these various... train crashes mm-hmm. so, you know, since like you know the 19th century up to, to, up to present day well, the, some of them are really amazing really hundreds, yeah. hundreds of people dead the problem yeah. with discouraging our listeners from traveling is that many of them listen while traveling so our, our listeners our listenership may decrease a little bit okay mm-hmm. fine okay. listen here's travel the thing. All you want as i always do at the end of this i'll give you reassurances of why it can't happen anymore why you're safe yeah, it'll be okay all right it'll be okay okay good because i just got back from a train trip so i <laughs> All righty. Well, let's let's start our mystery. The name Sunset Limited is actually quite an old name. It was used before the turn of the 20th century. Actually, at that time or for a short time, Southern Pacific Railroad was running it under the name of Sunset Express. So the whole thing originally was, if you just caught that, was run by Southern Pacific Railroad, which was a huge rail line that ran all over the United States. Mm-hmm. They, they were huge. They were. And beautiful. And th- some of their sorry. trains were beautiful. I like trains a lot. I'm sorry. Trains are cool. <laughs> yeah. The Sunset Limited was a uh, a passenger train, and it was kind of a premier luxury train. It had bar cars. It had sleeping cars, and it had just about every other car that was needed to make its kind of well-to-do clientele happy. Mm-hmm. Sounds it, like a, a nice ride, actually. Yeah, it really was. Now, today, the Sunset Limited runs from New Orleans to San Francisco, because it takes a bend at Los Angeles and heads north. But prior to that, it used to run from, I believe it was Orlando? Orlando, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't do that anymore because after Hurricane Katrina, the tracks are sort of no good. Mm. Yeah. Problems there. Mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think it goes to San Francisco anymore either, does it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that that's on the. I was pulling up the the route information, and I'm mm-hmm. almost positive that it's still going there. Mm. That's kind of where it tur- does its big turn. Well, yeah, if it doesn't, you can always catch a plane in L.A. It's about an hour <laughs> flight. Yeah. It's cheap. Um, now, the, the Sunset Limited was great. It was fantastic, and it just kept getting bigger and bigger. But, of course, the American rail system started to go into decline, and it couldn't escape that general decline. Mm-hmm. So it started to go downhill, and at its lowest point, this is actually where it's probably one of the saddest things about this train, is at its lowest point, the Sunset Limited was one engine, a baggage car, a coach car, and an automat car. Which, by the mm-hmm. way, an automat is just a bunch of vending machines that, yeah. for food. And tables, right? I mean, they had little yeah, tables. Yeah, you could sit outside, down. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and... and the reason that it had to have the automat is because the trip is so long, really long. that it took, a, you had to give people food. Otherwise, the automat would have never been there. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. would have saved the weight and the space mm-hmm. if they could have. Could you buy beer out of a machine, too? I don't know. Probably not. Probably not. Would have been really foamy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe. Although it was like the 50s and 60s, right? So mm-hmm. like, who knows? Yeah. Could have Maybe been a you got a martini out of the machine. Yeah. <laughs> Pull the martini lever. <laughs> they had whiskey vending machines. They didn't? I mean, I think they were mostly novelty, but that was a thing. Uh-huh. There you go. I like the idea. Yeah, me too. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Okay, so let's, uh, so like I said, 
Sunset Limited starts at the uh, in the early or end of the 20th century. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to move to 1971. The rail system is in decline in general in the United States. Well, passenger rail. I mean, I think freight. Passenger rail. Freight's freight still is good. Still, freight yeah. is still doing all right. It yeah. is is still doing all right. It's not yeah. the it's not what it was at one time, but no, it's but still it's doing still, well. Yeah. It's I mean, it's still alive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That year, 1971, is when Amtrak took over the rail lines for passenger trains. For those of you who don't know, Amtrak is the name that is used for the National Railroad Passenger Corporation, which is a U.S. government-funded company. It's not technically completely private. It's subsidized, I think, is the, the mm-hmm. right way to it say is. it. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's a government-sponsored uh, consolidation of most of the passenger rails in the U.S. And if you actually look at the name Amtrak... American track. Mm-hmm. It's literally where they got the name. Get it? Got I think, it. I get it. Oh, get wow. It. The Sunset Limited, of course, is a passenger train under Amtrak, so Amtrak does their due diligence, and as with most of the lines that they run, they managed to grow it, and but, it's gotten bigger again. Yeah, I mean, there's something to be said. I think that kind of luxury passenger trains ended up being really, really expensive mm-hmm. and not really worth the time. That's the and that's you know, the hard part. So it was part. just like trains... for that amount, I can take a three-hour flight, and the nostalgia of it wasn't there yet where it is now. So Amtrak, or even a drive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, from here we're in Portland mm-hmm. to go to Seattle. I think it's a five or six-hour train ride. Nope, three and a half hours. Is it? Yeah. To get from Portland to Seattle. Mm-hmm. Really? Why does yeah. it take so long? Because you stop everywhere. Uh, oh, really? And you, you can drive. Go... You can drive in the same amount of time. Yeah. And it's equal in cost to a rental car. Because I have family that'll fly into Seattle and then drive down in a mm-hmm. rental all the time. And I'm like, why don't you take the train? Oh, never mind. It's actually more expensive. To yeah. Take the train. It... We just went up to Seattle on the train. Oh, okay. Um, a weekend ago, and there it, you go. It's... It's long and expensive, but there's some nostalgia with it right oh, yeah. now. But it, there, it wasn't. So when Amtrak took over, they lowered the rates and kind of made it more of an economy thing, and people mm-hmm. really jumped back on that. So that's right. that's kind of what it, they when did. it's affordable. Why, yeah, not? why not? I can sit here and relax yeah. and do what I want. Yeah. Cool. All right. Uh, today, the the line that the the Sunset Limited runs is it's a route that it runs three times a week, east to west and west to east. So three times a week in one direction, and then three times a week in the other direction. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it runs uh, the course over two days is approximately two thousand miles, which for folks on the metric system that's thirty two hundred kilometers. And in 1995, the, tra- the train had grown again. It was big enough that it required two engines, and it had about a dozen cars. So All we're going right. to move to the day in question. Yeah, the- what's our mystery here? Well, that's where we're headed. The day in question that we're going to talk about is the wee hours of the morning of October 9th, 1995. Uh, the train is, at this point, heading westbound, so from New Orleans heading towards San Francisco. The uh, the train derailed just before crossing a trestle. And if you don't know, a trestle is a bridge for a railroad. Kind of. Yeah. 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 They're the little ones, right? They're smaller, yeah. yes. Even though, so the train is derailed, it's got enough inertia behind it. And this is the thing about train crashes that make them so sometimes seriously deadly. They weigh a lot. It, it had so much inertia behind it that the engines, 
even though they were knocked off of the rail, traveled across the bridge, and the next two cars went across the trestle. And then after that, the rest of the cars actually fell off of the bridge. Mm -hmm. The passengers reported feeling a giant jolt. Like you would. Like you would. And then the world started spinning, no pun intended. So the the train, like I said, we get the engines come off, the first two cars come off. As the next cars start to fall over, the whole thing jackknifes. And the way trains are connected now... And in the 90s. In the 90s. That's what I... Yeah, when I say now, I mean in the 90s, Mm -hmm. in 95. All of the cars are connected, and the connections are snug enough that they can't roll too much independent of one another. So they're all locked together, kind of like the links in a chain. Mm -hmm. So as you spin it, all of them roll. And that's one of the things that actually kept us from being a much more deadly incident is that it pulled all of them over and it absorbed some of the force of the crash. Yeah. So it because wasn't it fell down car, into the ravine. Right. Yeah. One car couldn't just, you know, topple over and over and over and over and free it of was everything. Just the whole thing kind of doing one slow roll. Correct. Or yeah. roll, was, one roll. Yeah. I was reading about that in an earlier train wreck and the, the, the description of one of these guys that was, I think he was in the bar car or something. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, how you, you put dice in a cup and you shake the cup and you dump the dice. He said he felt like a, he felt like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He felt like he was a, dice, a yeah. die inside yeah. it. Yeah. 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 If if anybody has played with model trains, I played with model trains all the time as a kid. Me too. too. You know exactly what's going on here is that, Mm -hmm. you know, model trains, it's hard to get them to go at enough speed. So when you knock one off, the next couple kind of fall over, but they don't just go tumbly. Mm -hmm. Now imagine that they were going 10 times as fast and the cars were flying everywhere. That's what old trains used to have happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, but like I said, the the train cars because they're stuck together mm-hmm. cr- prevents a lot of human yeah. loss of life. So they kind of just toppled. Yeah. yeah, one person died. Mm-hmm. The a man by the name of Mitchell Bates. He was an Amtrak employee. He'd been with Amtrak for like twenty plus years. And I want to say was, he was on the train as an employee. Correct. Okay. He was. He was working. So one assumes he was standing in a. He was probably bad place, walking probably. around. Yeah. At one thirty in the morning, yeah. doing mm-hmm. his rounds. He could or have even been in between cars or something. Like something. That. Yeah. But he was the only person that was killed when the train fell off the trestle. And by the way, just to give you a frame of reference, it fell thirty feet, mm-hmm. which is equivalent to about nine meters. Mm-hmm. So that's a long way down. Yeah. Um, Although it's, how wide was it? Do you remember? It wasn't wider than the car was long. Right. I think the, the, the wash. ravine. Yeah, it was. It was. It was, lo- it was longer. It was the ravine. The width of the ravine mm-hmm. was more than the length of a car. Of a car. Okay. Yeah, so but it was like two cars at the most. Right. Yeah. Wasn't some giant Grand Canyon size pit. That's mm-hmm. yeah. That's what I'm trying. It was to just a, a dry, a dry riverbed. Yeah. Right? yeah. You should just look up pictures. There's lots of pictures. There's gonna be yeah. Yeah. It's gonna help in a lot of places to yeah. do that. But uh, so Mitchell Bates is killed. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people are injured, but not nearly as many as could have been. About a but a quarter of the people that are on board are injured. So mm-hmm. we have 78 injured out of 248 passengers plus an additional 20 crew. Hmm. So that's a you know quarter of people. That's pretty bad. Yeah, but that's all range of injury, right? It's not. It's that's anything from us, you know, sprained ankle, sprained ankle to a, a contusion. Concussion. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So that I mean, you know, it could have been 
I'm way worse. Some of them were. I, I heard that some of them, like about seventeen or twenty, were very serious. Really injured. I'm sure. Most of them were minor injuries. Yeah. But the derailment happened. Uh, like I said, it was at one thirty a.m. It happened about fifty miles west of Phoenix, Arizona. And obviously, of course, emergency crews scramble to get out to the site uh, as fast as they can. Now, you might think, okay, well, it's a train, it's going over a bridge, it's going fast in the middle of nowhere, so it was probably just some kind of natural accident. But you would be completely wrong to think that. Because as it turns out, it was completely and totally intentional sabotage. It was. Yeah, which is kind of a bummer. Oh, (laughs) Yeah, and we're going to we're going to give some of the details on that shortly, but I just want to keep going on about in the timeline of what happened mm-hmm. for the folks in the train. So, the crew goes along the train and says, "Hey everybody, stay in the train." That's smart. It's smart. It's the as long desert. As not on fire. It's night. Mm-hmm. You don't want to go traipsing around in the middle of nowhere. No, you know, you're going to get lost and Oh, well, there's rattlesnakes, there's scorpions, you know. Exactly. Like that. Lots of bad animals. Yeah. But eventually people did start getting out of the train because the AC's not working, the plumbing's not working, so it's a little stinky in the cars. Mm -hmm. And as they started walking around outside the train, uh, they started finding printed flyers on the ground, and those flyers were held down by rocks, which very quickly led everybody to realize they were intentionally placed there. Somebody knew that the train was going to crash beforehand. Yeah, that'd be kind of creepy. Oh, that would freak me the hell out. Yeah, me too. I, mean, I realize there's crosshairs in the back of your head probably right now. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So there's a total of four notes are found. They're all identical. I haven't found a verifiable copy of it around to know exactly what it said. We, Devin, you found a I copy. I found a copy, and it was it was two different texts. One was like a much longer version mm-hmm. of the second one, and the one... I can't verify either of them, but uh, one of them was reported to have been uh, put, it was in a newspaper afterwards mm-hmm. that was, you know, they printed, they said, this is what the letter said, basically, or something like that. Um, and so, yeah, I, I can't verify that they existed or not, but it was, it's good, it's good reading. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> either way. It is. It's interesting. If, if the long one is accurate, it is a long meandering ramble about the new world order. Like you would kind of expect from like, somebody who might do something like that. Yes. Yeah. And it talks about, it's, it's written from the sons of the Gestapo. Yeah. Uh, Sons of Gestapo. Gestapo. Excuse me. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, So I don't know if it's right, but, and this stuff is in the copy that we found. There's, uh, but then when you read the reporting on the Sunset Limited, it always talks about how the note addresses things that were done, uh, or is addressed to, I should say, the Department of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, the ATF. Yeah. The Federal Bureau of Investigation, the FBI, the state police, and the sheriff's office. And the notes, all the, I guess I can just call it the notes since they're identical. Mm-hmm. The note mentions incidents uh, that those agencies were all involved in, one of which is the Waco, Texas standoff, which was with David Kresh and the Branch Davidians in 1993, mm-hmm. as well as what happened with, at Ruby Ridge with Randy Weaver and his family in 1992. And then it's that's where it's signed. Sons of Gestapo. Yeah. yeah, I mean, this letter has, it, you know, again, it, 
I can't verify that this is what it is, but the text that I found has things like <laughs> the NWO, New World Order, right? Needs to bring about chaos in America so that it can pose martial law, which will be enforced by the United Nations troops. The bombing in Oklahoma City was the first step in creating this chaos. Many crucial records from Waco and Ruby Ridge were destroyed in the bombing, but also destroyed were the records from the Germans who were brought to this country after World War II. Their first home in America was Oklahoma. It's that sort of, of letter. Yeah. It's... And I'm inclined to believe that the letters likely were that kind of letter. Yes. <laughs> but Regardless think, yeah. of the language and the, the theme. Mm-hmm. It's kind of anti-government kind of stuff but it's very world order really here's paranoid here's where the the writer's i think sense of humor is uh comes through this group supposedly is sons of gestapo so he's anti-government and yet he wants to name himself after uh, a a very large very effective government agency yes i think he's tweaking us that that's going to come up in our our theory section Yeah. yeah you're absolutely right um, now, here's the problem with the Sons of Gestapo, other than the fact that they write an unintelligible pamphlet, is that... I've never heard of them. Nobody had. Nobody did before that, and nobody has heard of them since. And it uh, it, it almost seems as if it's uh, it's meant to redirect the attention away from the people who might who are responsible. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Very likely, so. actually. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now, th- that's kind of weird and sinister on its own, but even more sinister about the derailment and the sabotage is that whoever did this knew exactly what they were doing because yeah. they bypassed a bunch of safety stuff. Yeah, it does seem like there should be some kind of safety measures there are. for trains. Like, hey, yeah. guess what? That got derailed. <clears throat> yep. And we're going to talk about the safety systems, and we'll actually talk about the derailment and how it was done mm-hmm. in depth. Okay. Uh, it, it's very, it's something that you basically can't do anymore. Mm-hmm. So, Which is good. None of you goofballs yeah. who are listening, go out and try and do this, please. Because well, you you're not going to be able to. You but can... also don't be nervous about it happening. You can keep taking railway railways. Yep. Yeah. Railways? Rail lines. Well, yeah. actually, you know, in many places around the world, they're probably still doing it the old-fashioned way. So there's probably places where you can still do this yeah, yeah. maybe yeah. hopefully I, I, I think that there there are fewer and fewer every day oh yeah so we're going to talk about the crash but i first want to describe just for folks who don't know the anatomy of a rail line i can't imagine anybody important. doesn't know but it is would, important it's very so let's important talk about it anyway okay so the anatomy of a railroad by the way rail and road set of rails on a road that's what? literally what the name means It is made up of a series of large wooden beams, which are called railroad ties, and they sit on a bed of gravel, and that's literally called your track bed, and it has sections of steel rails that are laid across it, and those rails are attached to the wooden beams, they're tie plates, Mm -hmm. steel tie plates, and and those are attached with giant spikes. Yeah, railroad spikes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This is... Really the basics of it. Railroad tracks come in two sizes, which isn't really important in their length for us, but they do come in a multitude of sizes, which is actually, I kind of got into the science of it. It's really kind of interesting Mm -hmm. as to how, for when and how they align, but we're not going to go down that path. I read something very interesting about railroads and why they are, what is it, five or four point eight, five inches across. The the actual physical rail. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's very interesting. There's a lot of really interesting. Basically, it comes it goes it comes back to ancient Greece and hmm. the, and the so Romans and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah so there much. you go. Interesting. Anyway. Yeah. So you're going to have individual sections of rails, and those rails are going to be attached to one another using a steel plate and big old bolts. Those plates are called fish plates. Right, and those are they're under right the rails. I thought go, they were on the side. They're right. That's sorry. Right. They're under the like the part that the wheel attaches to. So the easy way, I'm not going to use the technical term. So if you are a rail fanatic, I apologize. I'm just trying to keep this as simple as possible. A rail is I-shaped. Yes. It's like a capital I. It's like an I-beam, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Mm. And so what Joe's saying is, yes, it is in the middle on the upright that they are bolted together in the 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 train. Wheels run on the top of the I. Yeah. And the bottom of the I sits on the wooden When I said under, I meant under the overhang. I I knew exactly what you meant. That's why I wanted to clarify it. The I-beam is the simplest way to put it. Yes. Perfect. Now described a train. We have. Track. Not the track. Yes, just the track. Of course, we don't want our two pieces of rail coming apart. So So they're bolted together. So they're bolted together. But as we talk about, trains move really fast and they have a lot of inertia. Mm -hmm. And if for some reason they come apart, a a conductor is not going to be able to easily stop the train if they even see it. You mean the engineer? Is it an engineer? Yeah, the conductor. I've always heard it called a conductor. No, the engineer is the guy that drives the train, right? And then the conductor is the guy that who, who takes your ticket and, and goes out. all aboard and all that stuff. Uh, Google says engineers operate the train, conductors don't. They do procedural stuff. See, this is why I shouldn't rely on my childhood knowledge of trains. Well, yeah, Thomas probably. the Tank Engine was lying to you. Freaking hate Thomas. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> But anyway, the point is, is that uh, you don't want these these things. Whoever's driving the train, the whoever the guy driving the train, the person driving the train, to not see that because they're not going to be able to stop it in time. Right. So what is done is that a small electric charge is run through the rails, and that is connected to a signal. Is it through the rails or through a wire on the rails? So the rails. as the way I understand it, and I may be incorrect, okay. but the way I understand it is run through the rail because two pieces of rail don't always perfectly attach to one another because of the fish play, well, expansion, contraction. Yeah, they leave a little gap for expansion. Yeah, I mean, even yeah. though the train wheel doesn't know that, mm-hmm. they use a wire to connect the two. Okay. And if the current between from the rails from one to the other is broken... Then that flips a switch. A safe distance away. A safe distance away. They say, hey, there's a problem. They can stop the train mm-hmm. and then send somebody out to investigate. Okay. Okay. That's, that's the safety system. Okay. Now, so, what, oh, yeah. go ahead. I was just going to say, so the, as long as the, the rails are actually touching still, the wire, doesn't, it doesn't matter. Right. But the right. wire is a backup. Because right. if, let's say, it's really cold and the steel contracts mm-hmm. and they've separated enough so right. that they're not the wire touching. is a backup for that. Correct. Okay. Or, or if, if potentially you get corrosion between the fish plate and the rail. Yep. Yeah. Got that it. also That'll, happens. Okay. Yeah, exactly. I just so, wanted to make sure that I was understanding correctly. Yes, you are absolutely correct. And my understanding of the wire is that it's it's over long. They, they do it in coils. I did, uh, at least they it's used got to a, do it. It used to have, yeah, I think they used to have a loop. It's not it had, so much it had anymore. A couple of loops or something. I, I, you know, I tried to check this out a couple of days ago. <laughs> I'd love I to. Went, please, please explain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, there's some railroad tracks not far from my house. Ah, uh, yeah, and, we know. You know, I don't, yeah. So I went over there and I, and I started, I wanted to see <laughs> this, I wanted to see this wire and see exactly what it looked like. Because uh, I, I remember seeing fish plates on, on 
railroad oh, yeah. tracks when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. And so I went back to look to see if that wire was there. So I start walking, and I walk, and I walk, and I walk. And I must have walked like, you know, almost 200 yards. And I'm going, my God, they make these rails really long these days. <laughs> they do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They yeah. actually do, especially with, you know, through cities. They um, lay the longer ones as much as they can just because it's, I don't know if you've noticed this or not. I don't know how long it's been since you were on a train, but you can feel when you go over that oh, yeah. thing. Mm. And the slower you go, the more you feel it. Right. It goes, cuckoo, cuckoo. So, so you would, wouldn't want that as much through residential areas. Here's the great so. thing about what Joe did. Mm. Joe gets out his phone to call a friend to ask about that. Yeah, mm. I have a friend named Tim who's more conversant with railroads than me. And I was, I'm I was at home. ask him and say, Tim, do they weld them together now? And, <laughs> and I, I get a phone call and I answer it. Hello? Hey, what's up? He's like, hey, Tim. And uh, I realize that Joe has called the wrong number, but I don't. I don't say anything. Uh-huh. What's going on? And that's when I pull my phone away from my face and look at it and says, "Oh, Steve. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I accidentally died. You so. didn't call me. No. I should have. I, you I, didn't know I, how I much I like trains. I just like. But trains. the point is, is that most rails, as Joe has discovered mm-hmm. today, are welded together. All welded. They don't use fish plates. What? Yeah. That's a bummer. Yeah, at first, I was. I was like, you could go. You could probably go down to the Rail Heritage Museum. Museum that's also not too far from your house. Yeah, yeah. That um, they probably have all examples of all of that stuff out there. Oh yeah, and I'm sure there's tracks around that have that. Just mm-hmm. un- unfortunately, these particular ones didn't have they that. They update so. them pretty frequently. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're welded now. Yes. They don't have the wire. They don't need the wire. They don't need the wire because the weld makes the connection, right. and it's actually stronger mm-hmm. and it's a smoother ride, as mm-hmm. you were talking about. That's part of the reason they may not actually be using the longer mm-hmm. ones anymore, mm-hmm. but because they welded a continuous surface, yeah. you never know. I can tell you on Amtrak from Portland to Seattle, they are still using those connectors. <laughs> yeah, are they? Yeah. If you can still hear that clack 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 clack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's let's get back to the story. Okay. This okay. is actually important, though. It this, is. This, this it, it, little... is very, it is important. Okay. I just don't want to go too far down down that path. Okay. Okay. So, whoever sabotaged the Sunset Limited pulled 29 of the spikes that were holding the rail and the tie plates to the railroad ties uh, at, from a, a single junction between two rails. And then they then shifted one of those rails inward so that the two were no longer lined up but they moved it inward and then they re-spiked it down Mm -hmm. and the really kind of hard part is that they knew enough to make sure not to break that wire but what that meant is that as the train was coming down the line where that junction was, that wheel hit a flat, blunt surface. They moved it in far enough so that the flat edge was now to the inside. What used to be the outside was now mated up to the inside of its uh, previous mate. I thought your description that you did, I actually did that when I was reading through the script earlier. Even though I had seen, I've seen the diagrams that I, I, I mm-hmm. thought that was a really good description yeah, we'll for g- listeners. Yeah, we'll give that to folks here. I just yeah. want people to understand, though, is that here's the thing. It hit with such force because it's a flat, blunt edge. It, I kid you not, popped the train wheels right off the track. Mm-hmm. Cool. You just can, on that one side. On that one side, yeah. which is then causes the whole derailment. And bo- anytime that this happens, you can actually see a big old ding in the wheels of the train. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a, a hell of a lot of force. Mm-hmm. 
So let's go back to the the analogy that or the description yeah, that I had. I'm gonna do it while you say okay. it. Okay. All right. <laughs> I actually have a feeling there's gonna be all kinds of people doing this. If you're driving, please don't be careful. Do it. <laughs> don't do this while just you're don't, driving. Don't do it. Just imagine it. No, actually, here's an easier way to describe it. Take two cartons of cigarettes, put them back to back on the end, and then you know, no. lucky strikes. And yeah. then yeah. No. Okay. So here's how you do it. Uh, okay. So you're going to take the tip of your left uh, thumb and you're going to put it against the tip of your right thumb. And then you're going to take the tip of your left pointer finger and you're going to put it against the tip of your right pointer finger. And hold them so they're parallel. And they're going to be parallel. And those, your pointer fingers and your thumbs, those make the rail. And where they meet, that's the rail junction. See? <laughs> Devin yeah. is showing it around like she's a hand model. I am a hand okay. model. Okay. Now, the train's going to be coming down your right arm, and Choo-choo. it would go across that junction and then go back up your left arm. The train is going to be coming down your right arm, across the junction of your fingers, and then back up your left arm. Wait a minute. How fast is the train going? I stopped, Joe. Now, we're going to be a saboteur. As a saboteur, what you're going to do is you're going to take your left pointer finger and you're going to move it inward so that your fingernail of your left pointer finger is touching the pad of your right finger, the inside. You see how that's shifted off. Now you understand as that rail, because the wheels sit inside the rails, as it comes from down your arm, it's going to hit that flat edge. Shouldn't it be the thumb that moves in? doesn't matter which one. Okay, But fine. so wait, to clarify, it's not wheel, the whole wheel, they just have the lip on the inside. Right, because the, the, the wheel of a train rides the top and, and the, the inside yeah. of the rail. Yeah. But it doesn't matter, Joe, which, which finger you move, you goofball. Yeah. Alright, fine. So this is how our saboteurs did the deed, basically. Mm-hmm. Now, whoever did this had to work fairly quickly, in a general sense, because... Trains would be coming down that line every 6 to 12 hours oh. after the last one had passed by. Sorry, should we mention that, um, as we described before, just to reiterate, <laughs> the metal is still touching, so the current isn't interrupted. Well, the metal isn't touching, the wire is still in place. The wire that connects the rails was stretched. Now, I've heard right. that it was a long enough loop that they didn't have to do anything. Mm-hmm. I've also heard that they used what was called a jumper line mm-hmm. to add kind of like a jumper cable mm-hmm. to uh, add extra length, length to it. Which yeah. Is yeah. That's... But that they did it. They knew that the line would be in, would be interrupted. If they so interrupted they... the signal, the whole thing was going right. to, the, the game was up. Sorry. Mm-hmm. They I just totally want to reiterate that. Yes. But they also knew, I mean, they had to do it fast because trains are coming down this line every six to 12 hours. Mm-hmm. Cause it's a heavily used track. Yeah. Well, Meaning they would have had to know the schedule. Fast. Yeah. Of course, but that's not hard to find out. No, the, the schedules are totally published, but yeah. they would have had to at least staked out that spot for a while to know when the trains came by. And the, I guess the other thing to mention is that in these areas, there are some areas that aren't this much, but I believe in these areas, you have one track line for all train traffic. So Amtrak shares a line with freight line, freight line traffic, and freight lines aren't nearly as publicized as to when they're coming down the trains. So you can, but you can if you sit there and stake it out and say, okay, the train comes by every Thursday at this time. You can, but that's not something that you necessarily as matter of public record. Right, and the other thing to keep in mind is that the Amtrak runs on track that is owned by multiple rail companies. Right. So there's lots this of happens companies. to be owned by Southern Pacific, the mm-hmm. spot that we're talking about. Right. But yes, no, that's a good point. Yeah. So it could have been they would have had to actually sit. 
Yeah, think about they would have to stake it out and keep yeah. keep track of it. I mean, that that really means that somebody had to sit around and do their homework and really plan this For thing weeks, out at least, it, at, probably yeah, months, a, a good amount of time. So they probably didn't live too far away. I would I would guess that they they couldn't have lived too far away. Now, the the FBI, they have been working on this case for 20 years. They, so far, have no viable suspects. Uh, I've heard mention that they thought they had a suspect or two, but really it turns out they didn't ever really have anybody in mind. There were a couple of locals who showed up, and they, I think they sort of grabbed them, didn't they? They harassed turns, some folks. Yeah. They, they kind of made themselves you know, a, a bad name because they kind of wrangled some people up and then turned out they totally had no idea what they were doing. Uh, but really, they, they've had no suspects. But then uh, they, they they decided that, well, somebody who did this must have had experience with trains. Yeah. They must work. They, they've got to have experience to know how this has happened. But then it was discovered that this was not the first time that a train had derailed in this very specific way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's right. when the story kind of took a turn. There is another train called the City of San Francisco, which derailed in 1939. So really close. Really close in <laughs> terms of the method. I'm sorry. I was just being a... Sm- Jerk about the location yeah. and the name. Yeah. And the year. The year. 1939? Yeah. yeah, totally close. Actually, it, it really... The year is what makes it so interesting. So I'm going to talk about this a little bit. But what makes the year so interesting is that it's far enough back... I mean, it's 50 years. It's not something that I would have known as a a young man and then been able to go out and make this kind of thing happen again. It's a long enough span of time that from the collective memory, for most folks, it didn't happen. Yeah. So that's that's why I find it interesting. So let's talk about the city of San Francisco for a minute. Yeah, it's the the train. It's interesting. Yeah, it's a cool train, by the way. Oh, it, it was. It cool was. Train. It yeah. was a really cool train. Yeah. We're going to go back in time. We're going to go to 1939, specifically August 12th. The city of San Francisco is heading westbound. And it's that's got a... the train, not the city, right? Correct. Okay. Not the entire city. Okay, good. Just the train. The train has 149 passengers and a total of 14 cars. It's about 10.30 at night, and it is approaching a bridge over the Humboldt River, which is in Nevada. Sometime earlier in the day, we don't know when, somebody had removed the fish plates, the joint bars, Mm -hmm. from the rails and had moved the rail line in, much like I had described, but they had done it partway into a, a trestle, into a bridge that went over a riverbed. They did so, it right before a curve. Right before a curve which as is, well. Which is what happened with uh, our train wreck as well. The Sunset Limited, yeah. Oh, and by the way, it was, it was also Southern Pacific trail, uh, Rail The tracks. line, yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. It was also a Southern Pacific line. Yeah. That's absolutely correct. And absolutely, actually, our 95 thing is uh, just pretty much an exact duplicate of this, really. It's very close. There yeah. are some things that I... I don't always uh, think are exact. So let's let's do some of this. So they, they pry the, the rails over. 
whoever moved those lines wasn't sure that the the engineer wouldn't know, see what was happening. So what they did is they painted the end of the rail that they had moved because it, it was reflect. nighttime. It so reflect. the light would yeah. catch reflect off the metal. Mm-hmm. They painted, I think they painted it a dark green. Yeah. And then they stuck a tumbleweed on top of that junction to hide what they had done. Mm-hmm. Uh Trains going 60 miles an hour, which for our friends on the metric system is 96 kilometers an hour. The first two cars, again, just like the Sunset Limited, managed to cross the bridge even though they have been knocked off of the rail. They kind of flew across. Flew across would be a good way to do it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they came to a stop uh, just over 800 feet away. That, uh, That is not a good thing, though, because... The engine and the first two cars, they go over it and they stay in line and they keep traveling. The next car, the third car, is knocked off enough that it twists and it actually hits the bridge that it is riding across. The bridge is destroyed, essentially, at this point because train cars are piling into it and tumbling all over the place. And I think it was that first car where most of the casualties took place, right? I believe The the first car that went into the Because that car was buried. Yeah, the first car that went down, uh, this is not like the Sunset Limited where they're all tied together really well. It is before that. They're not articulated together. They came apart, and the first car was underneath three others. Uh, It was the bar car. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is the one that went down the lounge so, car. So people weren't exactly strapped into their seats or anything. No. Yeah. Uh, and so it, uh, it, 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 it was a giant mess of wreckage. If you look at the photos, if you look up the imagery, mess. it's a giant mess. It really does look like a kid just took train toys and stuck them into sand mm-hmm. and they're just sticking cattywampus. Yeah. That's what it looks like. Um, yeah, I saw a train wreck one. I, was, I, I didn't actually see the wreck, but I saw right at, right after it was just laying there all twisted. It was a freight train, mm-hmm. and all twisted and smoking and everything like that. And uh, wow, so it's amazing. A lot of energy there because I mean these these cars were all twisted up, yeah. and they don't build those things. You know, they don't build them a week or no, something like that. No, they're, they're not out. built out of. Sp- you know, spit and yeah. Elmer's glue. Actually, They're interestingly, um, the, that org, that Rail Heritage Museum that I was talking about, they have cars that I, I don't know if they are actually from the city of San Francisco or not, but they're the same color scheme of the same type of from Southern Pacific. There's a lot of them They're scheme. a lot same. Same with the uh, Sunset Limited, but they have a bunch of those cars. So if you ever want, if you're ever in Portland and you want to see cars that are actually, like that. I would bet those are the Great Northwestern Line. Oh, probably. But... No, no, I say Great Northwestern Line because out where I live, mm-hmm. about six or seven years ago, I went trooping around and was taking pictures pictures of old passenger cars that had gone through a fire mm-hmm. and they're it's really amazing it was yeah, really it's really interesting it was totally trespassing i admit it yeah. but i got in there and took a bunch of photos because it was just so cool but i have a feeling if those cars were stored here i wouldn't be surprised if others but then again city of san francisco cars were also stored here for a while a lot of them so it's yeah, possible in the brooklyn yards mm-hmm. yeah yeah, brooklyn yeah so yards, exactly where um, it was. that i mean if i'm sure that everybody lives near some place where there's old train cars because they were built real sturdy mm-hmm. not like Amtrak ones dictated the fate yeah. of those old cars. Yeah, if they're yeah. left outside, well, that's mm-hmm. not so good. But turns out Brooklyn Yard was really good for those. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of cover. Well, we live in a very wet area; yeah. they cover that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so let's let's get back to the city of San Francisco, though. Sorry, I just. It's okay. 
24 people were killed. Which is surprisingly few for the amount of, of damage. Out of 150? But looking at those pictures, though, like you would expect yeah. everybody would have But I'm died. talking about the kill, the, the deaths. Yeah, I guess that's No true. injury numbers yeah. in this. That yeah. is, but that's a lot. That's a huge number of people. That's a lot of people. And, but... you know, at the time, it was a lot of th- theories were floated. It was, they were saying that the rail line was mismanaged by Southern Pacific or that they were covering something up. But it quickly became apparent that somebody had sabotaged that Well, it was, that, that was before they had actually in, it actually inspected the lines, right? Once they looked at the actual rail, they were like, oh, just kidding. That was bad. So the, the rail lines were really... Um... They were drunk on their own power, I'll say, at the yeah. time. And they, we don't have to tell you anything. We're doing what we're doing. So, of course, people started talking. And then days later, they started publicizing what they had. Yeah. And I think that quashed a lot of the rumors and the conspiracies that were out there, the well, theories. There was, yeah, there was one. they didn't one, do away with all of them. Yeah, there was one theory that uh, they, they got out there just immediately and, and got on the train and actually actually did the sabotage yeah. themselves to, to give themselves To make excuse. it look like like an accident mm-hmm. yeah which is silly it really would be hellaciously hard it's actually impossible to climb under a train and move the rail no. while it's sitting on them turns yeah. out yeah crazy yeah. yeah so besides having been done essentially the same way there's another thing that links the city of san francisco derailment to the sunset limited derailment well yeah and that is a article that came out. I would say yeah. that it. I would say that it is the reason that the Sunset Limited derailment happened the way it did. Very possible. I will disagree with that, but give me a minute. Okay. Okay. So here's what we're bringing up: is that in October of 1995, an article came out in a magazine called SP Trainline, talking about how the sabotage was done. Mm-hmm. It was written by a guy named John Signer. He wrote an article, and of course the, the the FBI immediately show up at his doorstep when they figured it figured out it was out there. They started interrogating and, and questioning him about this. Uh, he, of course, sang like a canary and gave them whatever information they wanted. I would too. Yeah, I don't blame him. If you were like, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, how did, they, how did the FBI find out about this? I don't know how they found out about it. To be quite honest, that has never been specified. How they figured it out but they I'm wanted to kinda, know i'm kind of wondering if john signer actually when he heard about it and he had just written that article I've, i'm kind of thinking he might have contacted them well he might have because his article came out before the derailment right before the derailment yeah but it, it could be that he called them i don't know but what they wanted to know is the details of it where he got his details and oh by the way who gets this magazine they really wanted to it, know and it was it a it was a fairly small publication it's a teeny publication yeah. So here's the deal. I tried to contact him. I wanted to talk to him about what was going on. Uh, he never replied to any of our, our attempts. So which then, is okay. Yeah, which is fine. I totally then turned around and picked it. I was able to get a back issue of this particular magazine. Uh, for anybody who wants to know, it's issue number 45, which is the fall 1995 issue. And it's really interesting. I know I gave it to Joe after I'd read it. There's a lot of really cool information about the cars Didn't that give are it in. To me. You said Joe could have it first. I know. Yeah, you could have it next. But yeah, there's I, a I, lot I, of cool information about the cars that are in the city of San Francisco mm-hmm. line. One of the yeah. things I, I love about it is how uh, every every car gets its own name. Yes, and that's were, so cool. And there were uh, two 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 great ones: Twin Peaks and Chinatown. Yep. 
because uh, Twin Peaks is one of my favorite TV shows way back when. And, and the movie China, Chinatown. And Chinatown is one of the best Jack movies. Nicholson. Yeah, mm-hmm. great movie. If, you know, if you haven't seen it, you must see it. It actually holds up. It does. I watched it six months ago. It totally holds up. Yeah. But so, yeah, this came out really, I mean, probably like nine or ten days before. No, it's more like a month or so. What was the October? Well, fall would that would edition. that come out in October or or September so, or, or well, August? So that's the thing is that it doesn't have a date on it. It says it's the fall issue, and mm-hmm. on their website they have a month listed, but it had to have come out ahead of time. And you know how magazines do that? You subscribe so it could have been September October. Yeah, you get them early, but it, it, well, it was a quarterly magazine as well. It okay. Only came out every three months. Okay, but I read the article, and the article is really light on details of how this happened. Mm. I figured out a lot more by finding drawings and articles that were written by people who were analyzing the crash. Is it enough, though? I mean, really, if you read that... If you knew about trains, Uh it would be enough to tell you how to do it. If you didn't know about trains, it would be just enough to get you run over by a train, I think. Okay. Because you'd be screwing around on the tracks, Mm -hmm. and a train would run you over. And I guess one could could also argue that if you know about trains, you probably know how to do something like this anyway. Yeah, I'm kind of thinking... It's not such a hard thing to do. And here's the thing, is that the majority of the information that describes what was done Mm -hmm. in, in his article... It is quotes from the then, in this is in 1939, uh, president of Southern Pacific, a guy by the name of Angus MacDonald, and he was talking about it, the wreck, six days after it happened. Mm. So it's quotes from him, which I feel like if it's in this, those quotes were everywhere. Yeah. So it would have been in a bajillion locations that people could have pulled that content from. Although not so, I mean... Yeah, yes. On the one hand, yes. But, you know, from 1939, it's not as convenient as saying, hey, this thing hit someone's mailbox a conveniently close number of... But if you're a train enthusiast, you work on the line or you really like trains... You know your history. I mean, I was on some of the forums, and the things that people were rattling off was just like, oh, the sheer amount of information. You, it's it's kind of like guys who know the stats for the Super Bowls sure. or baseball games. You I'm just, just know these I'm things. just arguing that it's like an Occam's Razor sort of thing. It is. Where it's it is just, amazingly. It's a huge convenient. coincidence. Yeah, the, it that is. these things oh, yeah. happen so close together. It so is. while it's you know while it's really easy to say, well, anybody could have found that information. That's true, yes. But it is super convenient that the information was in someone's mailbox within a month yep. of having this happen again. Yeah, and even though it was even though it was kind of light on the details, I mean there were enough there was enough in there and there were photographs and stuff to that showed it pretty you and it's get probably an idea. enough to ha- just like to spark the idea, right? Well, if you know if, about um, trains, I don't know that you necessarily think, I know, I will derail a train by doing this thing that I know how to do. But if you read a thing about it and you go Oh yeah, that's how I can sabotage the train. That's how I can. Be that's angry. a really easy way that's to get really around. That's a really easy way yeah. to do it. Yeah. Hmm. No, I, 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 I'm not in disagreement. I just, I feel like the magazine may not have been as uh, prime of a. Yeah, that's fair. Well, no, it's just that's like, totally fair. The magazine gives it gives you gives you the idea. You're a guy who works for the railroad. 
let's say. And so you think, oh, I, I bet I know how they did that. They just moved the rail over a couple of inches and voila. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, yeah. Well, let's. Uh, I think we've we've talked about what happened enough. I think we need to get into theories. Oh yeah, it's about time. <sighs> it's past time. <laughs> way past time. <laughs> yeah, it's way past my bedtime. <laughs> uh, okay, our first suspect is slash son- theory slash theory is Sons of Gestapo. Yes, let's, we have the shadowy organization. Yeah, Joe. Uh, so if anybody does, I'm going to need your help here in a second, okay. Joe. Anybody who doesn't know, you may recognize the name. Gestapo, Joe, you're going to have to pronounce what that act, that stands for because it's an abbreviation, yeah. and I it's cannot. Gestapo, well, it's, uh, yeah, my German's a little rusty, but I would say it's Geheimstaatspolizei. Uh, uh, okay, yeah. or better than me, I, I just pronounce it Gestapo, which is <laughs> which <laughs> so. is the best. Yeah, uh, but the, the the Gestapo were the secret state police in Germany for the Nazis. That's probably where you recognize that name from. Absolutely, it is. A hundred percent. Yeah. The easy answer is to think that the sons of Gestapo are actually the ones that did this and then left notes claiming it because they were some kind of racist slash hate slash crazy people group. Very easy to think that. But as I said before, they never showed up before and they never showed up again. I guess I, I will just quickly... Mm-hmm. say that again i don't know if they were right or not but the flyers the copies of flyers the texts of flyers that we found don't seem like a racist or hate group they seem like a paranoid conspiracy group yeah, that's kind of what but I they don't say. it yeah. doesn't seem like they are trying to promote some kind of propaganda of hate or anything all right so does that make sense yeah I, that, okay. that totally makes sense and i yeah. I, I wanna I wanna jump ahead here a little bit because the reason I use those terms is that when I took a look at the state of Arizona. Oh, there are a lot of hate there's groups. There's a there. lot of hate groups. Absolutely there. There are. were in 2014 there were sixteen active hate groups, mm-hmm. plus the little ones that just pass under the radar plus the little militias where did you find this uh, this list at i don't remember where i was at joe i was i was doing all kinds of googles on this stuff and just kind of doing surface not... information there's probably much more than that or and maybe there's fewer but the point is i guess there's a lot of groups that are very secular in that manner mm-hmm. which is why i use that term right but i think there are also a lot of groups who are not considered hate groups that are that kind of, you know, New World Order or everything mm-hmm. like that that True. exist. And they do, they they often do do these one-off things. You mm-hmm. know, it's there's a lot of mysteries that we've covered in the past where it's like this one weird thing happened and we don't know why. And all of a sudden we think, oh, it's this one crazy person who really believes in the New World Order. Could be. So I, yeah. I'm happy to say that it's the sons of... Gestapo. Gestapo. Thank you. Um, and that, that it's just a one-off crazy person that but, has called themselves that, not a group at large, whatever. Well, but I know you have now, more to say about that, so I'll yeah. But Yeah, I mean, you know, Timothy McVeigh was kind of a one-off thing, thing too. I, I suspect this was not a group, though. But yeah. Well, let's let's go ahead, though. Let's Let's suspend all of that. Let's just operate under the presumption that sons of Gestapo is an organization, and they have some kind of agenda. Sure. Okay, even though, again, have never heard of before and haven't ever heard of them again, it could be some small cell organization, I don't know. 
But if you think about what's in the le- the letter, mm-hmm. the notes, ignoring the New World Order part. Okay, let's let's take that out of the fray for a second. Okay. And we only read into the stuff that talks about David Koresh and the Branch Davidians in 1993, which if you don't know, for folks who don't, they were an organization that the government, I mean, the simple version is that a lot of shots were fired, the place went up in smoke. And then if you also think about Ruby Ridge, which was a situation where there's two guys, Randy Weaver and Ken Harris in 1992, who the government had a siege on their compound and uh, Weaver's wife and child were killed. Uh, I thought it was just his wife and not his not his baby that got killed. She was holding the baby, but I thought she got shot in the I head. I thought his son got survived. shot as well. I but could be wrong. I but... guess for me, like either way, he suffered a great loss. Yes. Oh, yeah. Right? And, and so somebody may have said, you, and there, I remember this as, as a, you know, I was in high school at the time and it was all over the news and people were outraged about this. And oh my gosh, all these things that are going on. It may have been that somebody finally said, you know what? I have to have an outlet. I have to show the world how screwed up this government is for doing this stuff. And my way of going about that is that I'm going to derail this train. Mm. This is this is how we're going to make it happen. Yeah, the only problem with that is is that you're killing a lot more civilians than government employees, number one. Yeah. And number two, none of them are employees of the BATF or the FBI. True. Yeah. Absolutely true. But... But then again, there was a lot of, I'm going to use the phrase lone gunman. I mean, McVeigh, Timothy McVeigh, he, uh, in Oklahoma City, it's the, uh, I know I'm going to pronounce this wrong, so please, if I do, sorry. It's the Alfred P. P. Murrah Federal Building. Yeah, that's how it's pronounced. Oh, is it? Every time I said it before, I I felt like I said it wrong. But, you know, he did that. He took the law into his own hands. Uh, Weird fun fact, by the way, McVeigh was at Waco. Handing out flyers. That's what I hear. In 95? No, in Waco, it was 93. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. I thought we were... (laughs) Confuse me. Don't do that. I'm easily confused. (laughs) I just thought you meant like he was in Waco when this was happening, not like he was in Waco when that was happening. Got it. Handing out pro-gun flyers. Of course he was. But it's totally, totally possible that there was some group who did this and then the group disbanded or it was a person. I think I've talked about this before. Have you guys read the Monkey Wrench Gang? Yeah. No. Well, actually, I haven't read it, but I've heard of it. Yeah, it's yeah. a. I, I know I've talked about this on the podcast before. It's a book from the seventies about radical uh, environmentalists. But they do this thing, and then once that thing is done, they totally disband. I have read that book. Yes, I read it in middle school. Yeah. Just don't worry about why I read it in middle school. That's that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't worry about that. Yeah, I mean, I hey think. Hey Duke was one of the characters. Yeah, I yeah. think. Hey Duke lives is the book after. Part of it is. I think you don't think it through a lot. You don't think about the fact that the authorities are not going to publish your letter. (laughs) You would assume you leave these letters all around and it's going to make it into the news and people are going to spread what you're saying and that's going to happen. And then, you know, you do this thing, which is not great. And then Mm. you leave a letter and you think, ah, my message will be just everywhere. And then the FBI says... No, no, no. We're no, we're not going to publicize this at all because why would we publicize this letter? And Let's you go, see. ah. But, but you and see, here's it, the deal: is that, you open it up for copycats. Well, yeah. but yeah. Oh no, you te- you definitely do. But if this, so if this guy, if if these guys were really a thing, 
and their note didn't get published by the FBI, all they got to do is uh, send a letter to a newspaper. Maybe you're sending letters to several newspapers. Mm-hmm. That's all you got to do. Or if it's so just if they, one person, if they had though. truly been a, a sort of political movement or trying mm-hmm. to, you know, that's what would have happened. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I'm not going to disagree with that. I'm at just going to argue both sides. That's okay, fine. fine. Yeah. That's fine. You're going to stand and go both sides of the tracks. I yeah. See okay, we're going to go to our next theory slash suspect. Okay. Which is an angry employee of the Unnamed rail system. Unnamed angry employee. Unnamed angry employee. Yeah, so that's this is a good one. It, it actually is kind of a good one. So if we look at what happened after the, uh, the derailment, we're going to move to 1996. Southern Pacific, who ran the, or managed that portion of the line... They were uh, they were merged with Union Pacific, who is another giant rail line. That and you'll people still to this day you can see Southern Pacific and Union Pacific cars running all over this country. Mm-hmm. If you're near a freight line, you'll see them. Oh yeah. Um, well, the the mergers of companies a don't happen overnight, and b they tend to not happen uh, as a surprise. And c everybody. Always looks at mergers as well. There's a bunch of people who are going to get laid off. Well, usually, you're going to lose your job. Yeah, if you're merging, the thought right is that you are you already have overlap that you're competing in, mm-hmm. and that your goal is to eliminate the competition in that area. Right. So that there are two employees there, and one of them's going to go. Yep. Not always the case. Not always the case. And so the theory here is that somebody who was a railroad employee was opposed to the merger and worried that they could potentially be losing their job. Maybe they knew they were losing their job. Uh, And so what they do is they went ahead and they intentionally sabotaged the line in an attempt to make this such a bad thing that the merger with Union Pacific wouldn't go through and therefore they're, they're... position would be safe yeah that's 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 or, really the basis of this it's not theory. the worst theory i've ever heard it's well, not no, but there's <laughs> and there's variants on that somebody who got fired somebody who knew somebody who got fired yeah. uh that's either by amtrak or by southern pacific yeah i mean it could be either one yeah so there's the, a lot of suspects to look at but the problem with the i'm opposed to the merger or we can't we hate amtrak blah 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 is that Southern Pacific itself had been in decline for a long time. In the early 1900s, Southern Pacific was known as the Octopus because they had <gasps> so many lines. Dun, dun, dun! Yeah, the Octopus they, again. They had so many lines and they sprawled so far all over this country and their central hub was on the West Coast. That they were they were huge, but of course they were declining just like everybody else. And by the nineteen eighties and nineteen nineties, they were in a dire situation, and people were probably more worried about losing their job because the lines were getting shut down than anything else. So yeah, so the uh, in that case, it makes rational sense to not oppose the merger. Yeah, and to but, not screw up the line. But you know, I, you know, I talk to people all the time who believe all sorts of inane things that simply aren't true. That's true. And uh, so, you know, don't overrule ignorance and dumbness. <laughs> no, that's that's an actual thing, though. You're laughing, but it, I mean... It, it is. Really no, is. I, you're right. Yeah. I shouldn't yeah. be laughing at it, but it is true. Yeah. yeah. There are people who just, they'll believe any propaganda that's thrown at them. But here's the, here's the interesting thing is that from the job loss perspective, I looked up the merger of Union Pacific and Southern Pacific. And I couldn't find any reporting that ever talked about the number of jobs that were cut. Doesn't mean jobs weren't cut, 
but it sounds to me like maybe it wasn't a giant slash and burn operation. It might have it been. It probably would have been reported. You would yeah. have found some news articles. I would have expected to, and I never, I never found hardly anything about it. None of them ever talked about that. So I feel like the merger was kind of a, a an amicable thing. Well, the uh, thing about it is, is you know, you need uh, if this guy was employed, say, working on the tracks, which it sounds like he had the tools to do that kind of stuff, then well, they really can't cut that workforce by all that much, if at all. I mean, they, they still have. It to was main- probably a pretty thin workforce at the, it, that time, anyway. Probably, yeah, they, have, they still have to maintain those tracks. Yeah, yeah. And the you actually bring up a good point right there, which is as an employee, you've got the tools, which is kind of an important thing here. There's two ways to. Pull the spikes out. Yeah. You can use a hydraulic tool, which makes it go super fast, but you got to have the truck and the machinery to do that. And it's, it's kind of obvious if that's happening, or you've got to use a giant pry bar and mm. those pry bars are, you know, the, pretty long. the height of a man, they're five or six feet high. Mm. Oh, there's the, the height of a person, Devin. <laughs> Don't give me that look. There's a third way. Okay. Uh, when I did this, this when I was a kid, and that is, you know, you, you and your friends walk along the tracks and you look for loose ones and you pull them out. But they pulled so many of them out I know, in a sequence, <laughs> that's impossible. I know, you're not, not going to have that kind of luck. But it, that means that they would have been using company tools, which means they were company tools that nobody could tell where they were used at and nobody would look at the company tools and never be able to know if the company tools were used on this particular site. It's not so hard to find a long crowbar. You're right. You can go to you can go to the Ace. Home Depot yeah. and buy a giant crowbar, but it takes a lot of effort and time to pull those things manually. Well, the hydraulic one is why I think that if it was an employee, it would have been done via hydraulic. So here's a question: How often do you know how often that line was inspected? I don't. Is that something I know? They can you? I mean, inspected regularly, but I don't know what the frequency of regular means. So Not every my, day. So I guess my question would be: Is that something you can pull a couple spikes up every day or whatever, and then you just wait until it's your right hour to pull up the really important ones where the lines or the rail are joined together, push it over, and then spike them back down? Is that? Do you think? I mean, that's possible. It's, you know, it's kind, it's, for me, it's, it's kind of like a canvas, right? It, you can pull certain pins out and the canvas won't collapse on itself. And that it could be at something that you would be doing over time until you find exactly the right moment. I could see if somebody was able to pull, let's say, half a dozen a day. Yeah. They, I think they pulled like 21 or 28 spikes, something mm-hmm. in that neighborhood. It was in the 20s. Mm-hmm. So I could see over the course of two days doing a half a dozen more at a time and then the rail, the line not moving. Mm-hmm. You haven't weakened its foundation. Well, and then on that know... last day, yanking the remaining half or third or quarter or whatever. Right. That is absolutely plausible. Yeah. That's absolutely a possible way to do it. I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah. So I always imagine this job is in all at once. I, you know, I had to until literally this, just this moment. Yeah. <laughs> I, I still think he could have pulled them all at once too. I mean, I if think you had the right have, tool, then I don't, it's probably not a, that hard. Like two people or whatever. Yeah. 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 But yeah. I just mean, if, if, 
if if we're saying it was done by a crowbar that you get, you know, at like Ace or Home Depot or whatever, it is going to take you longer. It is manual work, but if that's what you have, you might and do it over the course it over of days a little while. Makes it easy to not be caught on the track pulling spikes when the next car, next train comes down the line. Yeah, yeah. well, you can hear the trains and feel them. You can you, you can, can hear oh, yeah. them coming a oh, long yeah. ways away. No, but, but, noticed... but you know what? The, the you know people on the, the guys that are driving that train, they see what's down the line, and unless it's hidden behind something. I'm like, that's weird. There was some dude on the track yesterday. Hey, somebody reported a dude on the track again today. Oh, there, there is this thing called desert camouflage, but uh, uh, also... <laughs> or standing right under the trestle. He's notice... wearing it right now. I know oh, absolutely, he is. I can yeah. barely see him. But you hear the train coming. You can feel it for a while mm-hmm. away. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just jump right under the bridge, right? If you're standing under the bridge, they're not going to see you standing under there. You're right. Just sit down for a while it goes by and then wait. Chill. And then, you know, huh? go Drink back to Helen. Yeah, the other thing about the spot that that they picked, or I should say he picked, is there's... Um, or she. Come okay, on. Okay, okay, that's true. Could most have ser- been a she. Equal opportunity yeah. terrorism here. Yeah. <laughs> is there, there's a road just to the east of the rail line, mm-hmm. although it's not much of a road. Uh, it's really hardly a road at all. But that's... Uh, that was, but that, but that the, wasn't the case back then. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it wasn't there then? Uh-uh. I would imagine it would be for maintenance purposes and such. The, according to the articles and stuff that I've read, a lot of the roads were, at best, barely there because they were farmland. Mm. So it wasn't an easy... It took an hour and a half to get to the, the, wreck, the site of the, the wreck mm-hmm. from Phoenix. So you were driving on these itty-bitty roads. Mm. Now, today, evidently, it doesn't take that long because the roads are much better, but mm. they've been created. So I don't know. But don't rely on that. Right. Okay. Okay. I, I was going to move to our next theory slash suspect, unless you have any other on that. About, about that? No, that, no okay. not really. No. Our, our last... Uh, oh, actually, fun fact before we move on. You keep saying fun fact and then not saying things that are fun. This is actually a fun fact. Okay, fun fact. So I didn't know this until my research, but according to the internet, you know who Sprint is, right? Like the, yeah. like the phone, phone company? company? The yeah. cell phone company? Mm-hmm. Uh, turns out, according to the research that I came across, Sprint was created by Southern Pacific. Wow. It was created, uh, the acronym of Sprint stands for Southern Pacific Railroad Internal Telephony? Network Networking Telephony. Telephony. That's what... Is it telephony or telephony? No, I don't care. It's telephony from now on. <laughs> telephony. No, it's telephony. But it, it was a, it was an internal communication system. God, that's and so then good. it and they branched it out and it eventually became Sprint the cell phone company. Well, there you go. So, mm-hmm. hey, something good something large that, that survived. That's actually a fun fact. From Southern Pacific. Oh, okay. Last theory. Okay. It was somebody angry at the rail line cuz they were the rail line was taking their land. Because when it's a government organization, they don't know if anybody you've ever had this where they annex your land. They say, hey, we're going to pay you a price for this land. And you say, take a hike. They say, well, you can give it to us uh, for this amount of money or we can just take it. What's that called? Eminent domain. Yeah. Yes. Because <laughs> my family had property taken mm-hmm. for that yeah. very reason. Where they yeah. take it for the greater good of the country. Yes. Yes, yeah, exactly. And, they pay and it was totally, an access road. And, and they, they pay, do you pay a totally you. fair rate. Well, yeah. <laughs> they that's pay up you for a, debate. Yeah. yeah. But they pay you a rate. Yeah. And it could very well be that somebody was PO'd because 
it was that land was taken from them or it ran through the middle of their farmland. And it's a giant nuisance because you can't drive across your field. You got to drive 20 minutes that way and then hang a left turn and then hang another left turn and drive 20 minutes back the other direction when you could have just gone two minutes straight. This feels silly because we literally just talked about the fact that this rail line had been established since like the late 1900s, right? That's true. But they move, not, they move lines, and not, they upgrade lines, and they the may 90s. have expanded. I mean, I don't know, Devin. I, uh, I'm saying that it, this is the theory I, that is I out there. I hear the theory. I'm the, just the, dispelling it. I agree <laughs> that the problem is, is this sounds like crazy Farmer John went freaking crazy and mm-hmm. did this crazy thing because he's crazy Farmer John, and that's all there is to the theory. Yeah. There, not, not much there, Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so I'm, I'm not just, I was just son. giving my two cents of I feel like that's dumb because I feel like the train rail has been there forever. Yeah, I exactly. Like train rail. Exactly. That's and, the and, technical term. And here's the other thing. Here's the, here's the other thing is that <laughs> is that after you, you've done your your nasty deed against uh, Southern Pacific and Amtrak, guess what? The tracks don't go away. No. They, no. They're, they're still there, huh? If yeah. you really wanted to do that, you would get rid of that whole trussle. Right, you would really you would get rid of a big old chunk of the rail. Well, what you you do. do something way more destructive. Wait, wait, Devin, you you just may have hit on something, which is if you remember the 1939 City of San Francisco line mm-hmm. when that derailed, it, it destroyed the, the trestle. Yeah. They actually moved. Joe was and I were talking about this the other day. Is if you look at pictures of where that line is now, now, they've moved it. That's they've true. taken out one of the trestles. They've moved the line so it only crosses the river once. Yeah. And that maybe somebody had that idea. They're like, um, it's going to destroy they would have it. To, then they would have to not know anything about trains, which goes against everything that we've been talking about. Because yeah. they would have to know, they would have to not know that the car improvements had been made so that they don't do that anymore. No, <sighs> I mean, this is both ways. It, yeah. It's you're it's damned if you do and damned if you don't. Yeah. yeah. Not good. I think uh, um, it's probably, might, you might be a local res- rescue worker who wanted some overtime. <laughs> <You're not? laughs> no. I don't think that's it. You don't think oh. so? Okay, that's all of my theories. You guys got anything else? I got a couple of theories. Okay. This is a fun one. Uh, One possibility, and this again is like, you know, kind of weak, but just conjecture, but maybe somebody on the train had an enemy who wanted him dead. It's Joe's go-to theory time, I kids. I know. This is why. It's, I, it I really be. wish people could hear my eyes roll. <laughs> yeah, if we were doing like a TV yeah. show, this would be much improved. But I, yeah, it is possible. Though. It's just certainly, I think, more plausible than the crazy farmer theory. I, I, you know, I, mean, I would agree. It's I would give it the... equal weight. Yeah, and you know, it could have been, been somebody, say, who it could, it could have been one of the crew. Like, say, you know, the engineer or the conductor who, you know, or the guy who did get killed even possibly. They knew they were going to be on that train, and they, they knew when the train ran. And, you know, so they went to workman's comp. Yeah, exactly. One, another possibility is that uh, it was just, just some random twisted lunatic, like kind of like the Unabomber. Yeah. Have you ever heard of uh, Sylvester Matushka? Why do I recognize that name? Yeah. He wait, was... wait, is he, wait, wait, is he in Europe? Yeah, Hungarian. Yes, Hungarian. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, he was a mechanical engineer who got a really got a charge out of causing train crashes. Yeah. So he, yeah, he, yeah. and so in night in, in like August uh, August 31, he uh, caused a derailment. 1931. Yeah, 1931. Did I, what, what did I say 1831? No, you said August 31. It's oh, August yeah, yeah. 1931. August 1931. Yeah, he he derailed the Berlin Basel Express train in Germany, and no deaths in that case, but a lot of people got injured, and then. A month later, in September, 
he uh, blew up a bridge. This uh, it was a Vienna Express was going towards Vienna and caught and it crossed a bridge over a deep ravine near Budapest, and he blew up the bridge. It plunged into the uh, ravine. Twenty-two people died, and a whole bunch of other people got severely injured. Yeah, and he psycho that he was. He was he was right there on the spot because he was he apparently, like I said, got off on this. And uh, at the yeah. time, when, when people the guilty were, party at the scene of the crime, jumping up and down, going, Wee! yeah, I know. Well, at the time, uh, he was he was questioned a little bit, but he said he'd, he'd been riding on the train and he just crawled out, and that's why he's standing here. And so they let him go, but eventually the law caught up with him later. So interesting story. But his his motive was apparently he's, he was quoted as saying, "quote I wreck trains because I like to see people die. I like to hear them scream." Unquote. So maybe it was just a, a some flaming psycho. It, that's possible. Yeah. Totally possible. I mean, you can't rule it out. No. Absolutely cannot. Yeah. So. Yeah, interesting thing about Sylvester. Anyway, he got uh, he got tried for his crimes, and he was locked away in prison, but he escaped in 1944, and he was never heard from again. Hmm. Yeah. That's Another mystery. Say. We'll have to talk about that one someday. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Okay, uh, so we're at the end. Uh, the reassurances that I wanted to give people, I think we've talked about. A, that they weld the lines together now, for the most part. Mm-hmm. And they are doing that, A, to make it a more comfortable run. Chick, 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 chick. B, because people can't sabotage the line. Well, not, not in that particular way. They can still sabotage the line. But, yes, yeah, they can't do it the way that we've talked about. And yeah. C, it actually <laughs> yeah. makes the, the line itself overall more structurally sound. Therefore, it reduces wear and tear. Yeah. So that that's a really big reason why they do it. That's yeah. a good reason. Uh, the yeah. other thing that we talked about that is a reassurance for folks is that the connections between cars today are engineered to withstand a force at 90 miles an hour. In other Which words, trains don't ever go. Oh, yeah, they do. Well, I mean, if, not, not often. If we start building high-speed rail, hey. Yeah, but then those but, trains but tra- are reinforced. Trains do go 60 plus to 70 plus miles They don't go hour. 90, though. But they can. But the point is, yeah. they are built to withstand the strain put on them at twist, uh, torsion. Torsion is the word I'm looking for, uh, while at moving at nine miles an hour. So they're they're not going to break, which is why they are so much safer and we don't get the crazy pileups. So take trains, to. guys. So mm. trains are still safe, just like planes. I really, really swear they are. <laughs> yeah, they are. Um, I swear He's they making are. a crazy crash. face, so... <laughs> <laughs> okay, sure. well, let's get on to the fun details, the last little bits and bits that we have. The parts that you all skip over. Yep, so don't go ahead because we have little things in here that we need to talk about, you need to be aware of, so no skipping this time. First off, we're going to talk about our website. Website is, of course, thinkingsidewayspodcast.com. We're going to have the episodes to listen to and download there. We have transcripts now. We're yeah. getting, we've got some folks helping us with transcripts again. So we've got transcripts on there. Also, we have research links for each episode, a couple of them per episode on there. Uh, we also have the option on the right-hand bar. We've still got merchandise available. We've added a bunch of merchandise. We have. And we also have a couple of ways to donate to the show if you want to. This is totally optional, but there is the option of using Patreon, which is patreon.com slash thinking sideways, which is a reoccurring donation per episode. Yep. Totally, totally up to you. 
and not required in any way, shape, or form. Or if you want to do a one-time, you can totally do that as well. That is available we through PayPal. super appreciate donations. You guys have no idea how much that saved us. I do want to talk about the fact that everybody has probably figured out, by now, we're talking to you from the future. The future! But we past, have a actually. bunch of issues with downloads in the past being slow or not working, and then we had the server problems, and things were a giant mess, and we got a lemon. We were sold a product that didn't work, and I apologize. But by the time this has come out... I've been working hours on end so far. We've almost got it all squared away. Everything should be fine. Thank you for being patient with us. Thank you. And at this point, if we've got it figured out right, we which should we never will. have this problem again. Ever. Which we yep. said last time. I know. Well, <laughs> this time we again. have it on good authority from some other podcast that people like that we listen to sometimes. Yeah, they're that... always asking why. <sighs> okay. Let's move on to the other stuff that we've got here. You're going to be listening to us through iTunes. Uh, some people are, a lot of people are still doing that. You can find us on there if you do subscribe and leave a rating for iTunes and all other streaming sources. Our podcast feed did move. So if you are noticing issues with it not updating with the current stuff and you see the stuff on social media or on our website, you may have to unsubscribe and resubscribe because those things sometimes don't always catch the update. So sure. just so you know that. Uh, but I said streaming. We're streaming on, well, just about everywhere you can stream at this point. So use whatever tool you want to use. And by the way, if you can review us on those, that'd be awesome too. We like cool. those. Yeah. Wait a minute. Are we on Twitter? We are on Twitter, the where you Twitter? cannot stream us. No. But on Twitter, we are thinking sideways. You can see some awesome memes and some Tumblr stuff, and also lots of pictures of trains. Yes, and fake pictures of Devin. Devin, Devin, I, I'm Devin. I run the Twitter, mm -hmm. so if you like me, you should follow us on Twitter. Suddenly turned into a population co popularity we actually, contest. No, we, no. Hit, we hit more than 2,000 followers this past week. Oh, really? Cool. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Good job, Devin. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Is yeah. all of your memes. I've actually started using the memes everywhere. I know you have. I'm yeah. badly using them, but I'm trying. <laughs> the other places that you can see us use memes would be on Facebook. We mm. have the Facebook page and the Facebook group. Uh, so both of those, the page has a lot of content. The group is where everybody gets together and does their discussions about different bits from episodes and just whatever we all find interesting. Yeah. We have the ability to receive emails. The emails would come through Gmail because it is thinking sideways podcast at gmail.com. You have feedback about an episode, you have an episode suggestion, or you have questions or concerns about something. Please, the immediate answer is to send us an email and let's talk about it. Usually, there's a very simple answer. Rather than folks sometimes get upset and they will post a. Uh, Comment. Comments on our website or things like iTunes. And then we it's hard to have the conversation because mm -hmm. they're buried in that mass of stuff. Yeah. So yeah. send us an email yeah. first. We like talking to you. Also, don't forget we have a subreddit. We do. It's oh. Thinking Sideways, not Thinking Sideways Pod. Mm -hmm. uh, you can find us. It's not super active, but there are episode discussions that happen sometimes. And the more users we get there, the more active it'll be. Mm -hmm. So if you if you like, if you're a Reddit user, mm -hmm. that's a place to hang out. Mm -hmm. And the more of you that are there, the more it's going to be active. It's like our Facebook page. That Absolutely. thing was super slow forever and a day. And then suddenly there was a whole grip of people and now it's constantly busy. Someday. Yes. I can't think of anything else that I have to tell anybody. Can you guys? I don't want to talk in ears anymore. I'm done. 
You don't want to what? Talk into people's ears anymore. Okay. Mm, yeah. I can accept that. Yeah. So Devin's done talking into your ear. So we're going to go ahead and end the episode. Uh, so until next week. Woo-woo! You stole my line. Okay, goodbye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>